The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As we constantly move forward, there's a continuing and urgent need for higher education. It's necessary for tomorrow's future and for a dynamically changing workforce. As the need for education is changing, so is education itself. Welcome to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education with your host, Dave Goldberg. In this program, we'll discuss the complex changes that are being made to higher education today, and we'll help you stay ahead of tomorrow. If you're a student, educator, or in the workforce. Now, here's Dave Goldberg. Good day and welcome to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. I'm Dave Goldberg. I'm your show host, and Big Beacon is a movement to transform higher education at bigbeacon.org. In every episode, we explore some of the innovators and innovations that are changing the world of higher education all around us, and you can follow live tweeting of the show at hashtag BigBeaconRadio. And uh, today, we're fortunate to have three coaches. I'm a coach, and we've got three coaches with us uh, from, from George Mason University. We've got Sarah Happel, Ellen Fulton, and Pam Patterson. Welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, it's great to have you have you on, and we we're going to talk about uh, some of the great coaching that's going on at George Mason and coaching in general in a moment. But we like to get to know our um, our guests, and and uh, so um, and listeners can read more about your backgrounds on the Big Beacon Radio uh, program page. Um, but if um, if you were to want our listeners to know, say one or two things about you before we get started. Um, what would that What would that be? Uh, let's start with you, Sarah. Well, first off, thanks, Dave. It's great to be here and, and wonderful work that you're doing. Um, one thing that I would like listeners to know is that I, uh, I'm an entrepreneur and I own my own business called Spectrum Leadership Solutions, and I do a lot of work around leadership development and coaching, and I think that um, one of the main things that I'm excited to let them know is that coaching is a huge competency that I see people really hungry to learn. So thanks for the opportunity to come in and, and share a little bit more about uh, what we're seeing here in our field. Yeah, and, and uh, it's great to have you on the show, Sarah, and of course you and I were um, we're colleagues in cohort thirty at uh, uh, Georgetown, and let's uh, turn to Pam. Pam, uh, what one or two things uh, should our audience uh, know about you before we start? Well, sure. I uh, thank you very much for having us today. Uh, I'm currently associate vice president for University Life at George Mason, and I'm also a senior coaching fellow at the Center for the Advancement of Wellbeing, and so very much looking forward to the conversation, uh, not only about coaching, but the intersections between coaching and well-being. Yeah, and um, 
and I especially am excited to have you on the show, Pam, because of your uh, involvement in higher education and and really doing some great work at George Mason, integrating coaching thinking into the academy as well as the the coach training you're doing there. And and uh, let's uh, welcome Ellen to the show. Ellen, uh, what one or two things should the, our audience know about you before we start? Oh, thanks so much for having us. Um, I. Uh in Cope, I'm a partner in the Washington Coaching Group, and I have worked with George Mason University for, wow, holy cow, eight or nine years now in um, bringing, really bringing coaching to a lot of their programs there through leadership that uh, reaches out to executives and um, managers um, throughout our entire area. So I'm really excited to be involved on a multiple a variety of different levels. Yeah, and I want to explore some of those different things that you're you're doing in a moment. And you know, one of the reasons for this show's existence is uh, Mark Mark Somerville and I wrote a book called A Whole New Engineer. And and in that book, the the central experience that we called out for higher education in um, in this century was the unleashing experience. How do we unleash young people to the possibilities in their lives. And, and I always think of coaching as sort of the, uh, is the unleashing central uh, profession. And, and so I guess, and, and you know, we, have, we have the three of you, and so we want to get into the, um, uh, into the deep stuff about coaching. But I, I'm just curious, what, um, what kinds of unleashing experiences have have powerful unleashing experiences have you either noticed or had noticed or uh, in your clients or uh, had had yourself without of course without uh, betraying a confidence um, that you might share with our, our, our audience and again we've got the three and so if, if you could sort of capture it quickly that'd be great so maybe um, let, let's let's uh, let's go in reverse order Ellen what about you do you have a um, an unleashing experience. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, you know, the one thing that I love about coaching is that everybody has their own unleashing experience, and I've been uh, privileged to witness so many. Yeah. Um, my philosophy around this is that the door to leadership opens inward. Um, and so uh, as people um, come into more awareness around what's important to them, where are their strengths, where are their passions, um, and how is that aligned with the organization in which they're working with, people come alive and more possibilities open up. And um, I've watched people transform from um, just kind of surviving to creating organizations that have, uh, you know, shifted uh, ROI in drastic ways or um, shifted perspectives of of large groups of people um, uh, in a variety of ways. Yeah. It's, it's a, a very powerful Beautiful. Tool. Yeah, that's great. And I'll, I'll throw it as a toss-up ball, and that's, not, that's actually not fair because uh, Sarah's got, a, uh, got experience as an international class uh, volleyball player. But uh, <laughs> either of the other two of you want to uh, weigh in on unleashing experiences. Uh, sure. Thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, it's true. Many people do confuse me when I talk about coaching. They say, oh, you mean volleyball? 
show, I said, no, no, I'm actually talking about coaching leaders. And I would agree with Alan that the amazing thing about seeing people go through a coaching program or start to be aware of what coaching um, can can help them become, it's this waking up. It's this realization that that having a coach-like conversation is really pivotal in everything that they do, yes, in their professional life, but also in their their personal life as well. And something that I'm seeing um, really unfold before me is I'm working with a large consulting firm where they didn't really know what coaching was, and I brought a leadership program to them and one of the modules was all about showing them what coaching is and actually doing a, a live coaching demo, and then they start to practice it. So fast forward, I've been working with them for a, a couple of years now, and they've actually created coaching families within the organization. And now I have the joy of seeing these people that didn't even know what coaching was, and now they are actually sponsoring and teaching other people how to have these conversations. And, and I, I get to see this every time I kick off a new cohort there. So it's really life-changing for people and just an amazing competency that everybody should have in their tool belt. Yeah, beautiful. Pam, do you have, would you like to weigh in? Uh, I'll let uh, the two stand for now because I know we have a lot of questions we need sure. to get to. Sure, okay. And, and, I, and I, I think about my own experiences. Uh, you know, one of the core unleashing experiences in my life was taking training as a coach, and, and it mm. just led to so many, uh, so many changes and, um, and showing up so differently and, and in many ways so much more effectively. It, it was uh, it's really an awesome, awesome thing. So there are lots of misconceptions about uh, coaching, and, and lots of uh, untrained people call themselves a coach. But what is, what's coaching from your uh, perspective? Uh, Pam, let's go to you. Um, coaching, from my perspective, is really about um, helping the client meet their goals, very simply put. And I think that um, a lot of the reasons that we get into some of the misconceptions about coaching is because you often find people who um, are in relationships where they have either mentored somebody or maybe help someone get from point A to point B. And so maybe there's a little bit of a coach in all of us, uh, but in order to be really effective in, in coaching in its purest form, um, we all know that, that that process is more extensive than some people may, may think uh, on the face. Yeah, and you mentioned the M, the M word, and I guess, you know, and I, I throw this open to, uh, to any of the three, you know, so, uh, you know, mentoring is one, one thing, and, and pure coaching is something else, and consulting is something else entirely, and therapy is something different. What, how, do we, how do we distinguish between, between these things? Who wants to grab that one? This is Ellen. Um, I think that, um, you know, all of them are powerful, powerful tools. Um, and one of the, the distinctions that we often talk about with between, like, coaching and therapy or counseling um, is that, like, counseling is recovery-based often. You're really working through things, figuring out how to how to get to the other side, how to incorporate and recover from that. Um, and coaching ends up taking the discovery direction. So um, all of these things that encompass all of your experience inform your perspectives. Um, and what do you want to do with that? And, and what's serving you well moving forward? So there's always that forward type of direction. Yeah, um, and I think... Then, I th- 
I think that's a really nice way to uh, to put at least one of the distinctions. Uh, you know, and sometimes in coaching, you end up visiting things in the past, but not from not from the sense of recovering, as you say, but to that because this thing in the past is in the way of the future. And so it seems to me that sometimes there's a mommy or daddy story under the hood of, of coaching, but it's not there. You're not trying to fix it or, or, um, um, or recover from it. You're trying to either move around it or move through it or somehow get beyond it so that you can do other, other stuff. What, what about the differences, the distinction between say consulting and coaching? How are uh, consulting and coaching different? Sarah? Well, it's, that's a great question, and it's uh, frankly one of the big sticklers that I see um, my clients get caught on is that they don't recognize when this is a chance for problem-solving and for consulting and for telling uh, versus coaching. And the difference really is between telling and problem-solving and actually giving somebody the answer, whereas coaching is asking open-ended questions and really treating like the, the coachee in the conversation that they already have the answer within them. So it's not being too attached to the result. It's a yep. still a very uh, a purposeful conversation, but uh, each leader needs to really recognize, is this a chance for me to step back from problem solving and actually telling them what to do? And, and am I able to let go here and let the person come to the answer themselves? So there's a really big distinction there that I see too many people who um, are very high up in leadership and they they don't really understand the distinction between problem solving and coaching where the number one rule is that you treat the person that you're in the conversation with that they already have the answer. So it's observing, it's asking questions, and it's not being too attached to the result. Yeah, so I and I think that really does get at it, and and really mentoring in in many ways is is a a kind of person to person consulting. It's it's again oftentimes sharing experiences with the expectation that the shared experience is going to be somehow valuable to the mentee. Whereas coaching, pure coaching, is is often the you're as you say you're you're asking these open ended questions and being present to the person as they they explore them for themselves and asking more questions to help them to help them um, go deeper. Now, I think one of the things that's so interesting about modern coaching is it's this really cool amalgam has intellectual basis and an existential uh, philosophy and uh, speech acts uh, philosophy. It's actually got very deep uh, intellectual roots, positive psychology, signature strengths. There's this whole whole group of things, of ideas and practices that uh, have kind of come to be a part of what coaching is about. What, from from your perspective, um, what are the most valuable? And it's hard to separate because so much of of these things feed on each other. But but if you were to say name one thing that really makes kind of coaching um, the cool thing that it is, um, what would what 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 idea or practice would 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 you call call out um, maybe Pam? I mean, for me, and I'm sure it's not going to be a surprise to hear me say this, but I think it's uh, that we as coaches are all typically coaching to some aspect of a client's well-being, mm-hmm. and um, that could be we could talk about well-being in many different forms. Uh, whether it be career well-being, physical well-being, financial, and so on. But uh, really, for us, coaching is about um, helping someone, um, you know, really find um, a 
a place of, um, again, getting from A to B. Sure. And A to B for some uh, clients is much uh, a simpler path, and for others it's far more complex. So, uh, again, I think coaching for us is really about coaching around well-being. Yeah. Ellen, what would... Would you agree with that, or would you add? Would you add something to it? Or what would what would you say? Uh, I would definitely agree to that. I think that um, it's extraordinarily important in a coaching relationship to, to for the coach to be fully present, really, to that individual. And you know what? It, our goal is is really to be there and help them find congruence yeah. um, between who they are, where their strengths lie, and where they want to be. Um, and, you know, well-being is this place of, you know, full efficiency and, um, you know, kind of all cylinders are working together, right? Um, and this is where people are the, the most productive, or they're the happiest, or the most fulfilled, and how, as as coaches, are we a vehicle to help that person find what that is for them? And and Sarah, how about you? What would you say is the yeah boy? It's hard to add anything on to those two eloquent answers. Uh, I would agree that it's one hundred percent around well being, and Mason is really uh, paving the way on that. And. I was introduced to it as an attendee of the advanced coaching program on well-being that George Mason offers where I attended that a few years ago. And I didn't know that much about, about well-being. And as a coach, I was the number one problem that I was continually seeing in my business working with CEOs and senior level, level leaders was that they, they just were overwhelmed, overworked, burned out, never really had a chance to unplug and recharge their batteries, if you will. And I thought, wow, this is, this is such an amazing program on well-being. I'll attend it at Mason, and I'll get all these great new tools, and I'll bring this to my clients, not realizing how very powerful it was for me individually to be able to cultivate that self-awareness and really figure out what well-being means to me. And so that was my first introduction to George Mason, having this long history of, of well-being. And, and Pam can tell you more about that, and she's actually uh, spearheaded the advanced coaching program as well several years back. Um, but the whole idea that well-being is the most integral part of me being productive at an individual team and organizational level, and I think nobody does it like George Mason. Yeah, and, I, and we're going in the next segment. We're going to explore what's going on at George Mason. But I think Sarah, the word that you just used for, is is for me. And again, different people can have different answers to these. There's no right answer to any of the questions. There are open-ended questions on the show. But when you said self-awareness, it seems to me that the center of coaching is is about awareness. And I I remember the first few day the first day of, at Georgetown in, in coaching training, and they asked us to asked us what you know, what do you notice. And I, I remember getting upset about it. It's like, what do you mean, what do I notice? I came here to get some skills, and you're asking me to notice. And I got really upset about it. And then I, of course, uh, six months later, I realized that that was absolutely the center of it. But it seems to me that, the, that, the, that, that in, in all these things, whatever the goal of coaching is, that the, the beginning of it is, is kind of awareness of, you know, what's your story, what's the, you know, what, what's really true, what's, what's a story, what are assessments, 
Um, and being able to parse that is is kind of the beginning. Well, I think we do want to take a little. We need to take a little bit of a a, a, a commercial break, and and uh, in the next segment, um, we're going to explore um, some of what's uh, happening uh, coaching wise at George Mason University. This is Big Beacon Radio with our guests from George Mason, Sarah Happel, Ellen, uh, uh, Ellen Fulton, and Pam Patterson. And in the next segment, we'll find out what's going on at GMU. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want greater success in bringing change to your university, college, department, or classroom? Are you looking for a keynote speaker to inspire your organization with stories of transformative change? Would you like to boost your own academic, business, or technical career? Let David E. Goldberg of 3Joy Associates help. David is a leading speaker, author, trainer, and leadership coach with experience in helping bring successful change to educational organizations and education and technical careers around the globe. To learn more, call Dave Goldberg at 217-621-2645. Contact him at deg at 3joy.com or browse the 3Joy website, www.3joy.com today. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Big Beacon Radio. If you'd like to call into the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. 5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to deg at bigbeacon.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back. We urge you to get a copy of the book that is Transforming Higher Education, A Whole New Engineer, The Coming Revolution in Engineering Education at wholenewengineer.org. It's not just for engineers anymore. And uh, we're uh, before the break, we were talking with our, our guests from uh, George Mason University, Sarah Happel, Ellen Fulton, and Pam Patterson. And in this segment, we want to explore what's going on with uh, uh, coaching at uh, George Mason. So, um, but I think before I do that, I sort of set the stage. You know, coaching has exploded uh, into government, pr- the private sector, nonprofit sectors, and it's uh, starting to get traction in higher ed. You know, why? Why is uh, 
you know, this is more of a general question than a, a George Mason question. But why is why is coaching uh, become such a become such a hit? Um, where you know people like um, um, uh, heads of uh, uh, Google and and uh, Microsoft are saying everybody needs a coach. Why why is it why is it taking off like it is? Um, Ellen, let's start with you. Yeah. Well, I, it's taking off because it works. And if people are interested in, um, and it's individual. Right, so yeah. we uh, you, you work with people whether it's on the tail end of a program, and then you put in coaching to say what stood out to you and what what relates to you and what do you want to do with it. Um, it's somebody there to help you integrate and and move forward and make sense personally. So um, it, the government, for instance, we're in the Washington D.C. area. Sure. has really done some fabulous, fabulous things with integrating coaching um, at a variety of different levels. Um, and uh, so I've had individuals that have um, gotten into coaching uh, in the government, and it shifted even maybe what their whole focus is and shifted and get them more aligned with where they may be the most effective, yep. what might be the most uh, interesting to them. Um, and it's taking off because it makes a difference. Yeah, Sarah, what's your, what's your take? Yeah, so I would, I would absolutely agree it's making a difference. And I would also say that the field of coaching in general is starting to mature. And people, the general public, are starting to understand, oh, executive coaching, leadership coaching, life coaching, uh, well-being coaching. People are starting to understand what it is. They're getting a taste of it. And, and the other big trend I would say that we're seeing is that coaching is being embedded at all levels of an organization. So it used to be that two things I think in the beginning of the field that you'd see. One was remedial coaching. For example, this is Bob's last chance, otherwise he's going to lose his job, so get in here, coach, and coach him to be a better employee. We're not seeing that nearly as much. it is still a need, but more so we're seeing coaching being embedded all over the place. So for retirement or, yeah. or uh, onboarding or, of course, getting to the top echelons of leadership. Um, but I, I'm seeing coaching being embedded all over the place. Team coaching now is taking off as well. And we're also seeing a lot of colleagues who are saying, why do we have to wait until we're in the C-suite and 60 years old to get this wonderful competency? Let's um, have it earlier. So amen. you're seeing emerging amen. leaders and, and even with um, um, you know, onboarding and first coming to the company as far as also getting it into higher education and getting it to, to younger people. We're seeing lots of requests. Uh, hey, this is wonderful. Will you coach my grandchildren? Will you, will you, will you coach my sons and my daughters? So it, it's really just starting to mature as a field as well. Yeah. And and um, and actually, uh, and, you know, and thanks for the, and thanks for those answers. I, I think they're they're spot on, and I think uh, and I think it's going to continue uh, to continue to go and and continue to spread and in, into places where it's been resisted, like higher ed. Um, uh, actually, so the show we sometimes we get questions from our listeners, and our, we have a regular listener, Dan Heck, who likes to ask good questions, and he's he's asked, how do facilitation skills compare or overlap? with coaching skills, and, and um, who, who wants to take that one? This is Ellen. I, you know, there's a lot of overlap in, in the sense where it overlaps, where the facilitator is gaining the knowledge and tapping into the knowledge of the people in the group, right? So 
um, when the facilitator steps into that role of saying, what do you guys think? What have you seen that's worked? What's important here? What do you want to do with this? You know, I, I, I always wanted to be a more Socratic teacher when I was a professor for 20-some years. And when, and when I took coach training, it was like it happened naturally. And I think, I think it, a lot of this has to do with, we were talking before, expert, I know, I tell, versus coach, I trust, I, I listen and pull out. And I think facilitation is, as you just, as you just said, Ellen, more like, more like that. I think there's a, there's a huge non-ego component to facilitation and, and being, a, being a good coach that's, um, that contrasts with the, sort of the expertise of being the expert, the consultant, and, and knowing what you're your client should do, but anyway, that's a great question from, and we like our, we like, we, you know, this isn't the Oprah Winfrey show, so we don't have millions of <laughs> listeners. So when they, when they write in, we 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 treat treat their questions with, with respect and ask ask them right away. So let's turn to what's going on at, um, um, George Mason. Demand for coach training has increased, and and uh, George Mason Mason has a, a really rich variety of uh, offerings uh, in coach training. Um, Pam, what what can you tell us about them? Sure. Um, so we have two programs. Both are uh, leadership coaching for uh, well-being, organizational well-being. We have a certification program that is focused on organizational resilience and uh, coaching to organizational resilience. And then our advanced coaching program is also cohort-based, and that is for coaches that want to uh, dive deeper after they've already been through a coach training. So we know that leaders are being asked to uh, lead in much more complexity, and holding that complexity has become much more challenging, um, I think, in, in today's times. And I guess the other thing I would say is that I was recently reading an article that uh, nearly two-thirds of all U.S. employers say that by 2018 uh, they will have a focus on developing well-being in their organization. So I think we're serving a need and a greater call for coaches to be able to uh, serve in this capacity. Yeah, but uh, any anything to add to um, um. Ellen or Sarah? Um, those are the coach uh, training programs um, that are uh, that we have at Mason. The advanced coaching program is does focus on um, less on the actual skills that it takes to coach and much more on the depth. Right. So there's a lot of a lot of coaches. Um, you know, one of the things that in coaching that takes it deeper is really listening to what's not being said, if that mm. makes any sense. Really finding and digging a little deeper. And who do you need to be as a coach in order to um, take this from a transactional level to um, a really multidimensional level? And uh, so as you enter into um, coaching, our first program really teaches those skills um, to be able to be uh, a coach that can uh, listen and elicit deeper understanding um, and really help the client move um, 
but what's next after that? How do you even deepen your skills from there? And so sure. um, being able to come back to a program that then really works from from inside the coach out, right? So you experience everything yourself, your work, and how does that now translate um, to others and really creating this um, deeper, more uh, effective, I guess, okay. sure. <laughs> um, yeah. coach. And so there, and there are lots of training programs out there. The International Absolutely. Coach Federation accredits these programs. Um, lots of good ones. Uh, I, uh, uh, Sarah and I uh, were graduates of the Georgetown uh, program originally. What makes uh, the the programs you're ta- speaking about at uh, George Mason distinctive or uh, uh, special? Uh, yeah, I think that that's a good point. That there are so many different programs, um, and it is very important as people are looking into this for people to, to talk to different people. Georgetown has a fabulous program. Newfield has a fabulous program. You know, and, um, uh, to find out what the distinctions are with George Mason, kind of the line that's going to go through all of our programs, um, whether they're coach training programs or executive education programs, such as the Mason Institute for Leadership Excellence, is this thread of um, a strength-based philosophy. You know, how do we align our values and our being so that we're the most effective and efficient in the world? So there's a lot of positive psychology. There's a lot of strengths. There's a lot of mindfulness. Like, how do you be fully present? Um, and, and the end result, you know, we're working towards greater resilience and well-being, both within clients, within organizations, um, really within the world. And so the Mason really has that as a thread that goes through all of their programs. Yeah, Sarah, you've you've experienced uh, both Georgetown and Mason. I'm not asking for the ones better, but but how would you how would you characterize the distinction between the programs? Yeah, great question. Because in going through Georgetown's uh, coaching certification program, I thought, wow, I'll never have another experience like this ever again. And then uh, three years went by, and that's when I, when I joined Mason's Advanced Coaching Program on Well-Being. Yeah. And I went in with a little resistance thinking, how could I ever top this, this amazing experience I had? And uh, it was every bit as transformational. And I would say, like Ellen had said, um, the theme was really about building resilience and bringing well-being not only to yourself, but also to those that you're, you're working with. And... This is maybe just a, a short story or sharing that I found, which was an amazing experience to, to go through. At the same time that I was going through the advanced coaching program on well-being at George Mason, I had uh, a client that wanted to have a cohort-based program on leadership development. And so I was directly taking these um, new awarenesses and this noticing and this coaching background and this idea of how you build resilience um, and how you solve conflict and how you, how you lean into that. Yep. At the exact same time I was going through all of these things myself, I was bringing it to my clients. And 
at the end, when we wrapped up the six-month program with my clients, at the same time I was wrapping up at George Mason, I gave the feedback form and we had a conversation and, and, uh, and I was asking them what, what had shifted and what they had learned. And uh, every single person in that cohort had said, this was so different than anything we have ever done. And it was such a, um, a gratifying journey around how we want to show up in the world. It's absolutely changed our lives. And I thought that was such an amazing experience to have myself go through this program and then be a catalyst to bring it to my clients so they were having this experience. And, oh, by the way, they, they thought it was so powerful that they wanted to create more cohorts, and now we're in cohort number seven at this organization. So it was fascinating to see how something really sparked in higher education and, and was, it was teaching us how to teach the, these skills and competencies directly applied to the private sector and that I'm really seeing that clients and organizations are really starving for this work. Yeah, nice. Uh, and I, uh, Pam, Pam dropped off because uh, I lost her for a minute, but uh, Pam, you're back. What would you like to add to this conversation? And I'm sorry, I missed your first original question, Dave. Okay, okay. no worries. So we're, yeah, so we're saying we're, um, uh, Ellen and Sarah were just weighing in on the ways in which uh, the, some of the, the work at Mason is distinctive or somehow different from some of the other coaching programs around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, I would echo what Ellen and Sarah have mentioned around, again, the focus on on resilience and well-being, which we've I know we've mentioned before, and and I think that, again, given the world we're living in today, when I think about what clients are facing and what students at the university are facing and what uh, employees within our organization are facing, it really is a struggle around stress and feeling overwhelmed, and our programs really... um, teach coaches how to coach toward that and how to have more grounded and centered leaders uh, going forward. Yeah, nice. And I I think we want to dig into this uh, uh, more and also dig into the ways in which uh, coaching can affect higher ed uh, both as an organizational development tool and also as curriculum and content for the the university of the future, and, and so this is Big Beacon Radio with our, our, our guests, Sarah, Ellen, and Pam from uh, George Mason University. In the next segment, we're going to dive into coaching and higher education. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Do you want greater success in bringing change to your university, college, department, or classroom? Are you looking for a keynote speaker to inspire your organization with stories of transformative change? Would you like to boost your own academic, business, or technical career? Let David E. Goldberg of Three Joy Associates help. David is a leading speaker, author, trainer, and leadership coach with experience in helping bring successful change to educational organizations and education and technical careers around the globe. To learn more, call Dave Goldberg at 217-621-2645. Contact him at deg at 3joy.com or browse the 3Joy website, www.3joy.com today. 
The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. are listening to Big Beacon Radio. If you'd like to call into the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to deg at bigbeacon.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome, welcome back to Big Beacon Radio. Um, Get the coaching and deep faculty development you need to help transform higher education at your institution at 3joy.com. And uh, welcome back our, our three guests from George Mason University, Sarah Happel, Ellen Fulton, and Pam Patterson. And we've been talking about, about coaching um, in general and, and at George Mason. And in this segment, I'd like to turn to coaching in um, higher education and um, I, I guess I, I, I sense that we're getting a little bit more traction of coaching in higher ed. Uh, um, Pam, let's start with you. What's your take? I think it is getting a lot more more traction, um, and it certainly is at, at George Mason in general. I think that, um, you know, we're really seeing coaching implemented in all I won't say all, but many aspects of the university, both with coaching um, faculty leaders, uh, some coaching around with students, uh, coaching as central in our uh, leadership legacy development program. And so we've really, I think, transformed in coaching the idea that uh, was mentioned earlier about uh, coaching being directed more toward um, poor performers to uh, people feeling proud that they have a coach and that they're excited to work with a coach. And so we're really seeing that uh, culture shift tremendously at George Mason. And I'm also hearing that from some of my other colleagues at other universities. Um, some are using coaching skills 
to work on retention with students, but also uh, retention with staff members as well. Yeah, Sarah, you, you and I have worked on coaching into higher ed. Uh, what's, what's been your experience? Yeah, so a couple of things that I think it's pretty exciting. So I'm, I'm working with um, a group of, of coaches in, in a community called the SOAR community, and several of them have gone off and integrated a bunch of coaching competencies and programs in higher ed. And they're very busy with this as well. And I, I know the two of you and I have, the two of, the two of us have worked in higher education as well, and I feel like there's traction um, not only in higher ed in general, but also higher ed institutions are speaking with other higher ed institutions. So a lot of my client base is starting to shift towards higher ed as well, which is, which is very interesting because um, I don't think that was the case a few years back. I heard, you know, coaching was really something in the private sector, and, and I really see it taking, taking off also for my colleagues. Yeah, I think we understand pretty well what coaching can do in the private sector. And as, as you were saying, Sarah, and others have been saying that, that there's a sense that coaching is kind of expanding and maturing, but it's kind of this new kid on the block in, in, um, in higher ed. And so people are less aware of what it, what it can do. So, um, and, and you know, for those of us who have coached into higher ed, when coaching is successful, what is it that a faculty member, an administrator, or even a student can can see be different in their in in their lives? And of course, that's quite variable. But what you know, what's what, what are the ben- specific benefits of of coaching into higher ed going to be for uh, potential clients there? Um, Ellen, we haven't. Uh, do, do you want to weigh in okay. on that, or should? Sure, sure. Um, so one of the most um, in- incredibly impactful programs that I was involved with in higher education with George Mason University was um, a a program that uh, Mason did in conjunction with the Strozzi Institute where they they Mm. brought these students in and they got intensive leadership um, training that used a lot of coaching within it. And you watched these these kids and faculty and people, um, you know, being asked, you know, what's important? How are they the most effective? Where do they want to be? How do you get there? And I think that especially with um, some of the younger people, how often have they even been asked that? I guess of people of all ages, right? And if we can start asking people, you know, you know, whether they're college or even younger, um, and empowering them to to think and to figure out what part of this do I have control over? How do I um, how do I move forward in this in the most effective way? How do I do this based on what's important to me and within the whole situation, the organization, the school, the class, the job, the, you know, um, and so it's, it's, it's transforming. I've watched students come in who, um, they didn't have much of a voice, you know, yeah. they, you know, they, they didn't know much of who they were or where they wanted to go. And after this intensive program, um, and really being asked these things, you see this confidence coming out. You know, that's one of the great benefits of coaching is this confidence because there's so much more alignment with who you are, 
what's important and where you're going. And then how do you get there? And the benefits of bringing it to this age are so phenomenal and um, incredible to watch, really. I think this group is is wide open to this. Yeah, and uh, uh, Pam, what... uh, in what ways is coaching and in what ways is it different from say coaching into the private sector or the governmental sector is are there differences is it the same 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 tools a different sector you know is is there are there distinctions to make here um i don't know if i would would cast a general a general statement of you know it's different in the private sector versus uh, at universities, but what I would say, because obviously universities are also little uh, communities within the University of George Mason is about 34,000 students and over 6,000 faculty and staff, and within yep. that university and most universities, there are many, many different cultures within within that. So, um, I, you know, for me, I'm not sure I would make tremendous distinctions uh, except for the fact that um, I think the way it's come in at George Mason, it's been more of an approach of, hey, how can we, um, again, integrate coaching as a culture? I tend to think about private sectors, at least previously, sometimes that being more directed toward, you know, employee improvement. Not that that's not true sure. uh, at the university, but I, I don't know that I would say there are as many big distinctions and you know at Mason we've been we've had coaching in, integrated into the culture for about ten years. So um, Mason may be different than some other universities. Well, and I think that that practice is actually an interesting one. And so how so how and and many of the schools that we work with in helping them transform um, their academic cultures to the imperatives of these times are interested in coaching as a way into mm-hmm. cultural change. But that's that's sort of that's that's a that's change squared. I mean, you've got to basically, if you're got you got to bring in coaching, and you're trying to make transform transformative changes in your content curriculum and pedagogy. But so, how, um, in in what ways did did uh, the 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 camel get its uh, nose under the tent, and then how did it how did coaching become part of the the air that's breathed at George Mason over the last decade? Mm-hmm. Well, there were um, there were several uh, employees that actually went through different programs. I being one of them went through yeah. Georgetown about ten years ago, and yeah. it wasn't so much about you know quote becoming a coach and going out and coaching in the private or public sector. It was really about I could see that these were outstanding skills for any leader to have, particularly a leader um, inside of an organization. And so uh, when I went through Georgetown, as, as we all know on the phone, you have your pro bono uh, coaching clients, and actually about nine of my classmates did pro bono coaching at Mason in our Division of Student Affairs, which is called University of Life at Mason. And so... Uh, we had, a, you know, kind of a large group that were exposed to coaching and what coaching is yeah. uh, 10 years ago, and that has also been implemented into what we call our Leadership Legacy Program, which is 25 uh, of our more senior leaders that go through a, a six-month 
leadership development program, and uh, coaching is core to that development program. So for each, uh, for each person that goes through the leadership legacy program, they're assured at least four coaching sessions, which I think we've seen um, substantial shifts in uh, uh, how far a leader has been able to go in yeah. terms of their own achievements. Yeah, and that's interesting. You know, people think that coaching has to take a long time, that it's years and years, but with good good coaching on the right on some of the right issues at the right time can be really um, uh, really impactful. You know, so one of the things I, I, I and this is actually goes to university education as a whole. We we talk about a liberal education, and it's largely idea based. And one of the things that's so nice about coaching is it coaches the whole person and we don't exclude emotion or body from the picture. It's not just about being a brain on a stick. And, and one of the things, when I, when I was trained as a coach, I, I was angry in a certain sense that I hadn't learned or experienced the ideas and practices of coaching much, much earlier uh, because they are so impactful. So why, so, um, and I, you know, I think of uh, coaching as sort of human being 101. I, I use the term shift skills as opposed to soft skills, but these these shift skills are so important to us. What, what's, um, you know, wh- which ones do we should we? Um, oh, why? I guess I, I'm frustrated in asking the question. Even why is it that this stuff isn't part of, say, K twelve or higher education somewhere? I mean, I think there's. I think a lot of people are actually asking the same question and seeing the same need that yeah. you're expressing. Um, yeah. As an example, I, I and another colleague went in to speak with some of our um, colleagues at the School of Business, and, you know, some of their general feedback is, hey, we, you're producing, you know, class act students. We love uh, what we're seeing out of the business school, and, um, you know, we, they expressed an interest and need to um, further incorporate coach-like skills, or as you might, as you had said, uh, human being 101 and shift skills. So, you know, we're working on that more from a strengths-based approach um, and also with our partnership with Gallup around um, StrengthsFinder and it being available for uh, all faculty, staff, and students. So we're doing a lot of some of those uh, shift skills or human being 101 skills around strengths-based approaches. Yeah, nice. We've just got a, a, a little time left. How can how can our listeners get in touch and find out more about uh, coaching at uh, uh, GMU, Pam? Uh, really, if you type in leadership coaching for organizational well-being, George Mason, in your Google bar, um, that is the easiest way. It'll come right up. Uh, otherwise, the the actual HTTP address is a little bit long, but uh, if you pop that in your Google browser, then then we come right up. And if uh, and and Sarah, if, uh, people uh, quickly, if people want to get in touch with you about coaching or speaking or consulting, where do they go? So my company is Spectrum Leadership Solutions. So if you type in spectrumleadershipsolutions.com, you'll find me. Ellen, if they want to get in touch with you individually. <laughs> they can go through George Mason, look at either of the coaching programs, or go to my website, thewashingtoncoachinggroup.com, uh, and uh, just reach out. Beautiful. Well, I want to thank thank the three of you for uh, joining us and, and uh, wish, 
wished uh, George Mason uh, well and all its uh, coaching coaching endeavors. Um, you've been listening to Big Beacon Radio. Special special thanks to our, our guests, Sarah Happel, Ellen Fulton, and Pam Patterson, and uh, help transform higher education. Join the movement to unleash a new generation of innovators by learning more at bigbeacon.org. Join us next week, same time, same channel, as we continue our quest to transform higher education. Thank you for tuning into Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Please join Dave Goldberg soon for another edition. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For additional information about our programs or to find out about the next show, please visit bigbeacon.org. We'll talk again very soon.